Talks like an animal. Talks like an animal. Must be an animal. Come here, the animal. Talking animal. Talking animal. Good morning, this is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guests today are Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn, the filmmakers behind the new documentary Cowspiracy, The Sustainability Secret, which explores the way animal agriculture industry dwarfs all causes of global climate change and how the world's largest nonprofit environmental organizations fail to acknowledge this sometimes in ways that seem more nefarious than unknowing. For example, if you hold Greenpeace in high esteem, this film may force you to reconsider. Cowspiracy is slated to be shown in Brandon one night only, September 25th, at the Brandon AMC. We'll discuss various aspects of the film. When we speak with Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn in a few moments here on Talking Animals. Later in the show, we'll have a brief conversation with Christy Williamson of Vita Day Cafe, chiefly about the monthly raw vegan classes they offer. Right now, I want to remind you that uh, WNF's fall membership drive begins three weeks from today on October 1st. Talking Animals will be on air raising money that very first day, October 1st. But as you may recall, we typically have a huge fundraising goal and only an hour to meet that goal. So it's always crucial to receive pledges well ahead of time. With that in mind, I hope you'll consider supporting Talking Animals and me with an early pledge. How about today? What's wrong with today? $35, $50, $100 if you can swing it. Whatever you can swing actually would be great. Please email me during the show at dj at wmf.org. You can donate directly to my tip jar. The link for that is on the show's uh, Facebook page and on my personal Facebook page as a comment uh, just below my post about this morning's show. Any help would be much appreciated just to give us a little bit of a head start on the October 1st fun drive. Thank you so much. Right now, let's jump into an animal song. This is Jeffrey Lewis and the junkyard with good old pig gone to Avalon. Now, on Talking Animal. I had a pig, it really was a sight. When it was dark, he glowed at night. Good old pig, long time gone. On his way to Avalon. He had a tail that curled around three times. He clapped whenever a crow was thrown at a swine. Good old pig, long time gone. Well, when music plays 
That was Jeffrey Lewis and the Junkyard with Good Old Pig Gone to Avalon. Let's move now into our chat with Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn about their film Cowspiracy, The Sustainability Secret, with a reminder that we invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663, emailing us at dj at wmnf.org, or texting us at 813-433-0885. Let's welcome Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn to Talking Animals. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for uh, joining us on Talking Animals. Bright and early for both of you. I know you guys are kind of in different locations, but I know it's very early wherever you are. So thank you very much for uh, for doing that and for joining us today on Talking Animals. Pleasure. So congratulations on the film. There's uh, obviously much to discuss about Cowspiracy, and we certainly will in a moment. But first, let's find out about the uh, Anderson and Kuhn juggernaut for a sec here. Maybe I could ask each of you to give me just sort of the nickel tour of your experience before Cowspiracy sort of, you know, highlights of your resume? I'll, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I've been a documentary filmmaker for the, making a living for it for the past five years. I run a production company called First Spark Media that focuses on creating media for particularly nonprofits, um, but really any social justice issue that can bring about more peaceful and sustainable world. I should point out that's that's Keegan talking for people listening yeah. who weren't sure. Okay, cool. And Kip, how about you? Uh, yes, I'm an entrepreneur also. Uh, I've been into film quite a bit. This is the first production and started a new nonprofit called Animals United Movement. That And this is its first production that focuses on creating media that supports basically all harmony on on the planet. And this is a... Uh, Cowspiracy is its first production. And so how did you guys team up? What well, led- we teamed up. We're both in the Bay Area, and uh, we magically found each other. And right when we did, uh, we just had the similar ideals and divisions of things, and it just, just hit it off right away. And it was, it was really really a special encounter that was just meant to be, I feel. And uh, so it sounds like sort of a magical sort of a filmmaker's Tinder or something. What sort of uh, complementary skills and experiences did you guys feel made for, uh, for a stronger, more effective approach, you know, working together uh, on this film? You know, I, I, I brought a lot of the technical knowledge to the film. Kip has a, had a very clear vision um, of this project and how it would come forward. Um, and then also having just the... Uh, logistical uh, knowledge of, of how to make a film like this work. Um, I think we really just, our, our relationship on creatively just, I've never worked with anybody as well as I've worked with Kip, and it's just been a phenomenal you know, you know, year and a half, two years now, working together and working on this project. And, and so along those lines, perhaps, how did you guys decide that Kip would appear on screen sort of serving as Casperity's uh, Michael Moore for uh, shorthand purposes and, and that, that you, Keegan, would, would remain behind the scenes? Well, it's actually, I wanted to be behind the scenes, too. <laughs> okay. And we were looking for someone, and finally it was just, you know, Keegan, it was just like, Kip, it's got to be you. you got to do it. <laughs> and I, at first, luckily, luckily said, okay. And, I mean, it was the right decision, you know, with a... The knowledge going into the film did definitely a lot of preparation and to interview all these heads of the people. It was important someone really had to have a good a good knowledge of a lot of this information. And I had these questions planned out that I was going to try to teach someone to do. And so anyway, so it kind of it just had to happen that way. And um, so Keegan, in a way, was the lucky one to be behind the camera and 
but uh, it's all good both ways. I see. Yeah, I got you. So in terms of some of the, the questions you had planned out and that you were going to train otherwise the person that was going to be on camera who then became you, and any sort of investigation project, journalistic, cinematic, what have you, there's often sort of a, a major aha moment where discovery is made or dots are connected that persuade the folks doing the investigating that they're, they're truly on to something. Uh, sometimes even more than they even initially imagined or suspected. Can you guys talk about a moment like that early on with Cowspiracy? Uh, yeah, definitely. I can uh, share that. Uh, it was it was pretty amazing because it was the very first interview. It was the very first interview, is interesting enough, was exactly how it's edited. It didn't plan to be that way, but the first interview was with the government. Um, and that's kind of why you see the movie. I had a shock on my face because we thought it would take months to get an interview with the government, if at all. And he says, oh, can you come? today or tomorrow and once we had that interview like you're saying all these interviews we had a, a feel that it was going to be what it was in the film but we didn't realize the extent of I don't know if you want to say cover-up or ignorance or awkwardness and the disturbing part of you know the covering up part just not wanting to talk about it but right from the get-go when we interviewed the government Department of Water, California Department of Water and you know he starts saying when you see in the film it starts off where you know, the, the government just doesn't work that way. Well, can you explain about this? And then he says, you know, he pretty much silent. And it was just, wow, they really cannot talk about this. And it was, at that point, it said, wow, this is really something. And it's cool because that's really how it edits in the film. And it really takes off so you really follow the journey of how the film was made. And after every interview, we always looked at each other like, wow, this is unbelievable. For more shocking than we thought, more, uh, you know, weird and disturbing in a way than we thought, and more funny than we thought. A lot of the interviews are quite humorous. For sure, because, I mean, part of, you know, there's obviously a lot of interviews in the film. I mean, that's clearly the, the core and sort of what propels the, the film. But but in the same way that, that it sounds like you guys were sort of surprised that the Department of Water interview came together so quickly and fast, I guess we should spend at least a moment or two talking about Greenpeace sort of on the other side of the uh, spectrum. Obviously, most people listening haven't seen the film, so let's just say that uh, we see a lot of efforts to try to get an interview with Greenpeace and and they declined those interviews. So kind of related to that regarding Greenpeace, when did you sense something was, was fishy, as it were? I mean, was it was it only as of them declining the interview the first time, or did you sort of get wind that something was up with them before? Yeah, when we were doing research for the film, uh, looking at these organizations' websites, Greenpeace at the time had a big, um, a big thing about how KFC, congratulations to, to KFC, because now they don't use, their buckets don't come from uh, paper pulp from the rainforest, Indonesian rainforest, and it was this huge congratulations and victory. Oh, great. And, and it was like basically a, a massive full-page advertisement for KFC, which is uh, owned, you know, its parent company is the largest food company in the world. It's, you know, McDonald's, or Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and KFC all together. And they were congratulating them for their packaging when, you know, the products that go in the package are vastly more destructive than the package itself. Um, and that, to me, is a, a real strong indicator that if they're going to be promoting a company, it would be like, you know, patting, you know, uh, an oil company on the back because they, they you know, used uh, a better filter for, you know, when, you, when they pull the oil out of the ground. I mean, it's just it was totally ridiculous. And you start to wonder, 
Are they, you know, in business together or do they have, you know, invested interest to, to be working together? So that sounds like a big red flag because we do see in the film that they decline. You, you try to turn up at the office. They decline. You get sort of uh, handled, as it were, by their, their PR person. But but also as part of the film, you, you continue to pursue that and they continue to, to decline. Among the powerful moments in the film are when you're later interviewing a, a spokeswoman for the Animal Agricultural Alliance, which is like a pro livestock lobbying group, which by that point in the movie is, a, is not a faction you necessarily expect to see on screen. In fact, I remember thinking, wow, the Animal Agricultural Alliance has agreed to an interview with these guys, but Greenpeace has not? And it turns out that that wasn't the half of it, really. So, um, you know, Kip, maybe you could sort of pick up the story there because you're interviewing her, asking a series of questions, and then you sort of ask about who the supporting or contributions that they might offer. Maybe you could just sort of pick up the, the story, at least on screen, that, that from there. Yeah, well, it was amazing, as you can see my reaction in the film, that we we tried over and over and over, and that's just a fraction of how much we try to get an uh, uh, interview with Greenpeace, just to talk about what they do. I mean, that's really what it was. We want an interview about sustainability. Sure, animal agriculture would be a part of it, but, I mean, it was amazing. But, yeah, so when we talked to Animal Agriculture Alliance, uh, the question eventually came, do do does environmental groups ever give you money? So, you know, paraphrasing, or donate any money to you? And she says, um, we can't really talk about that. And then I say, well, has Greenpeace, or do you ever, do you ever give money, to, or does Greenpeace ever give money to you? You, you ever give money to Greenpeace? And, again, and she says, again, uh, um, I can't, we can't really talk about that. Not, not comfortable answering yeah, that. Yeah, not comfortable yeah. talking about that. And just the way the reaction was, and the, it was just, you know, you can just read, read face. If you can, you're a two-year-old and read face language, um, it's pretty obvious what's going on. And so at that point, too, it's a turning point in the film where we said, a lot of people say, well, we, we didn't follow the red tape uh, in the, the the paper trail, as, you, as you'd say, uh, as much as some people say, oh, why didn't you go to the paper trail? Because at that point, it was just so unbelievably ridiculous of interviewing after, over and over and over. We said, you know what, whatever the reason why, whatever, who's in bed with who, let's take this film on a new course, because they're not doing it, and we're not going to rely on them. So that's when... That's when it takes a new uh, new course in the film that that makes it a film more a full spectrum and really complete where it ends on a super positive, inspirational note that I feel people really resonate with because uh, that's the focus of that we have to take this back. It's up to us to make this transformation happen. And let folks know this is Talking Animals. If you just tuned in, my guests are Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn, filmmakers behind the documentary Cowspiracy, The Sustainability Secret, which is slated to be shown September 25th at the Brandon AMC. And Brandon, if you'd like to ask Kip and Keegan a question or offer a comment, please call 813-239-9663, email djwmnf.org, or text 813-433-0885. Just to wrap up, I guess, a little bit on the Greenpeace thing, now that the film is out, and, and let's just say their, their credibility took, took a hit, in it. Have you heard from them in any, in any regard now? We haven't heard from Greenpeace. A few of the organizations have actually responded uh, to the reaction of the film. Rainforest Action Network has actually released a, a series of images on social media um, depicting the impacts of animal agriculture on the planet. But they, and which is great, we're, we're super happy to see that. You know, it's, it's great that the organization has responded in a positive way and, and being proactive and and, you know, making up for their lack of talking about animal agriculture, you would expect a rainforest group, you know, with 91% of the Amazon destruction 
caused by animal agriculture. We expect them to be talking about it. But they still have yet to release any images or any information about the impacts of cattle on the rainforest, which we find suspicious. You know, why wouldn't a rainforest group, that's, they're focused on water, they're focused on, you know, topsoil erosion and, and air pollution, which is great, but they should be talking about the rainforest. So we're, we're happy to see it, but we really want to push uh, Rainforest Action Network to really address the issues that are key to their organization and for all the organizations to do the same. Well, let, I want to come into the, a little bit about the organizations and, and the leaders, or at least the leaders that you uh, interview on camera. But just to provide a, a, some context first, let, let's do a bit of sort of by the numbers thing. For instance, water to produce, say, the, the quarter pound burger or a pound of beef and and sort of greenhouse emissions percentage. Maybe you guys could just sort of hit a little bit of that just so we have more of a basis, again, for folks who haven't seen the film, for what kind of launches the journey that we see keep go on, on on screen. Absolutely. You know, the, the numbers you know can vary from study to study. We ended up going with more uh, conservative or middle numbers. And so for produce a pound of beef in the United States is about 2,500 gallons of water. You know, when you compare that to a pound of wheat, you know, it's around between four and 600 gallons of water. So it's a huge, huge difference. Um, uh, oh, actually, those figures can actually be even less. I mean, it can be 60 gallons of water to reduce a, a pound of wheat. Um, greenhouse gas emissions, you know, in 2006, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization put animal agriculture at 18% of all greenhouse gas emissions, which is, you know, if you compare that to the transportation industry, which is all trains, planes, boats, cars combined, it's only 13%. And then there's figures that have come out uh, in 2009. The World Watch released a analysis that put animal agriculture at 51% of all greenhouse gases, you know, which makes it the number one contributor to greenhouse gases. And this is due to the massive deforestation that's caused. Um, you know, ruminants produce a huge amount of uh, methane in their digestive process. It also takes into consideration uh, the loss of carbon sinks and respiration and, and on and on. But so it's a massive contributor. Uh, animal agriculture consumes over half of all water in the United States. Uh, it's a leading cause of topsoil erosion. It's a leading cause of dead zones because of all the nitrogen and fertilizers that run off these fields of you know, genetically engineered corn and soybeans that are fed to livestock that runs into the ocean and causes these massive algae blooms and kills off all life. Um, leading cause of species extinction. I mean, the list really, really just goes on. And this industry that occupies you know, 45% of the Earth's land mass. I mean, it's just these, it's an astronomical industry that is incredibly destructive. And and as one measure of kind of how staggering those numbers are, at one point I, 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 uh, I saw that uh, some aspect of the livestock industry sort of responded uh, to, to the film, sort of poo-pooing some of the information. So at one, one of them at least said, hey, no, it's not 660 gallons, it's 400 gallons. Right. And it's like, that's still like, I mean, it's just the absurdity of the situation where they they correct a record with something that still kind of blows your mind. Yeah, it was pretty funny, and it wasn't. And it was funny about that article. I was beefmagazine.com. Is the the title of it rather than really even bashing the film was why ranchers should should oh, was it be afraid or why ranchers should care about the film, be worried about the film new film doc, uh, cowspiracy. So it's really preparing uh, the industry for to get their facts straight, and that was the one fact they could come up with, which is really, you know, um, a, a, it's way, way low. And two, even if it was, it's still bad, and they compared, uh, you know, their products, a uh, hamburger, to a T-shirt. Like, like you're going to eat a T-shirt once a day or even once a, once a week. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, that's what I mean. Just the idea that they would, let's spin it and let's put it at a lower figure than it really is. But still, on the other hand, it's a really high figure. 
which like yeah. seems to elude uh, elude folks like that. Back to the environmental groups, unlike Greenpeace, did agree to to speak with you on camera. How did you? Uh, how did both you guys, both Kip on camera and Keegan off? How did you guys feel about those interviews? I mean, did 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 you start to see a, a pattern, or did you feel like they were really kind of distinct from one to the next? Or they were. Uh, I feel they were kind of distinct, actually, from one to the next. One would be, um, a, you know, completely. You feel they completely knew exactly what was going on like very very well but would not talk about it and be very smirk um i don't necessarily go into detail of who and you watch the film and you know determine who but and then others would be a combination of that of trying to deter the 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 topic and cover it up but then also an essence of uh, ignorance where they didn't know all the facts and then you had some and it's kind of obvious where they were pretty much clueless all around and you almost felt bad for them um, but, you know, it's what's feeling even worse is that these are huge, huge organizations, and how could they not know this information? So that's what's kind of fun about the film, too, is each interview is a little bit different with a little different bit of reaction and answers that kind of goes across the board from disturbing to comical to, you know, everything really in between. I'll tell you, though, I mean, as much as they are really different, one thing I was really struck by, and just, I guess, having interviewed the leaders of a, a lot of nonprofits, large and small, over the years, I mean, my sense of them, just to speak, I guess, in generalities, is that they tend to be really smart, really articulate, uh, generally really media savvy. And and I think most of the honchos at, at the environmental organizations that you interview for Caspersky fit that description until, in some cases, you start asking about the animal agricultural energy's impact. And then it's, it's so jarring because all of a sudden these, these people who a moment ago have been, again, very sharp and eloquent, like start sputtering and fumfering and kind of looking off camera and like can't, can't even string a sentence together. And it's like, wow, that is so jarring, but it's so telling. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, they've been trained in how to interview. And that's what I was saying after each interview. It was pretty shocking because what it is, every interview is around two hours. And we gave them, you know, the, our foot in the door is this, we have an interview about sustainability. And that's that's what the film is about. You know, of course, animal agriculture is a leading cause, but it's a film about sustainability or thrivability, they say. And we give them 45 minutes on average to just bring the topic up. And they just would not do it. So finally, we have to bring the subject up. And that's when it just, you know, and, you know, it just falls apart and it gets really comical and disturbing. Um, but what's interesting is a lot of people, not a lot of people, but people from, I guess you call it the big green, as we call them, they would say in a Q&A, if, you know, someone is in the audience, oh, you know, you're manipulating the editing and the interview. And it's actually not the case. The more you see of these interviews, we'll release more of these interviews. The longer you see these interviews, the more disturbing they are. The more evasive, the more comical, the more uh, disturbing all across the board. And this is just one snippet of it. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. No, it, it, like I say, it was just so... Uh, even leaving aside the content, which itself is pretty jarring, but just the, the manner in which they, they, they seemed stumped and speechless and, and things that you would never see them that way in any other context probably was was just uh, startling so yeah uh, anyways my guests were kip anderson and keegan kuhn who made the uh, new documentary cowspiracy the sustainability secret which screens one night only september 25th in uh, brandon you can go to florida voices for animals.org for details and ticket information and we invite you to join the conversation if you like with a question or a comment by calling 813-239-9663 emailing dj at wmnf.org or texting 813-433-0885 so anyways as though as those interviews do unfold it's clear that you guys are, are ruffling some feathers and and
and indeed partway into Caspersia, we hear a, a phone call in which a woman explains that they're not going to be able to fund the movie after all. I don't know to what extent you're comfortable talking about this, but I mean, I'd love to know who that was and, and what entity did, did she represent? Yeah, you know, for not to name them because they're, okay. they are a good organization and a foundation that does good work. Okay. Um, but we actually had a number of, you know, we applied for a number of grants um, and we had a number of, of people and groups and individuals that were really interested in supporting the film. Um, but when they saw early edits of it and when they saw, you know, they realized, they talked to their boards and they realized the impacts that, the backlash that could happen because of being associated with the film, they, every single one of them backed down. Um, and then, you know, that gave Kip and I pause for sure. That was, gosh, what are we really getting into? You know, is this really, you know, if these big groups that have, you know, lots of money are afraid to be associated with this, you know, what are, what business do, do we have, you know, going up against this industry? Um, but, you know, as the film shows, it's not, we had to persevere on. So in other words, I gather from what you're saying, for, for, for the one phone call in that way that's represented in, in the movie, there were several... Uh, other organizations that that kind of inform you of the same thing. Yeah. Did they say, and this again may be case by case a little bit, but but did they say why they changed their mind, or was it sort of just the kind of vague diplomatic thing that we hear in the phone call uh, featured in the movie? Yeah, you know, some of them gave us a more specific reasoning, and it, and it was they were concerned about the backlash. They were concerned about backlash from these organi- the other organizations. Um, in particular, uh, some of them were just concerned that you know how how their fan foundation would be viewed based off of the statistics that we used in the film. I mean, it was it was varied, but pretty much the the main concern was just uh, the backlash that would would come either from the environmental community or from you know the animal agriculture industry. And uh, and one thing you started to sort of brush up against uh, is is that when the, all these you know organizations were pulling their 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 funding and and uh, and giving basically the same kind of reason why this sort of hooks into thing that 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 comes up sort of also I guess in the wake of that and and uh, uh, one of the uh, numerous folks you interview in the film is Howard Lyman, a, f- a former cattle rancher and, and pretty notable figure who now popped up in a, a handful of uh, documentaries. Um, and in the film, and actually in the trailer, there's a portion where he addresses the danger that he felt at least you guys faced in, in making this film. What what level of danger did, did you feel there there actually was? Well, especially after that, after that interview and Will Potter, especially after Howard Lyman, uh, we're going to release that entire interview. It's a very, very powerful interview. Um, we were really scared, and it really follows how the film goes. Um, at that point, we were like, do we really want to get into this? Yeah, he's pretty much scared us. And um, But it's kind of like I said, persevered on, and at, at this point, that was is probably almost a year ago, almost a year ago by now. So it's kind of like once you persevere on and you just keep moving on, it was a while ago and you just kind of work through these things, but at the time it was very scary. But as, as the film says, you know, that the global fear of what's happening to this planet needs to supersede any individual fear. And it's just something that has to be done because if we don't do something, then, you know, we're all not we're all not going to be around or okay. So worrying about being sued or whatever is just, you know, there's nothing that can compare to the things that are going on and what must be done. So, so you know, this film is a tool for all of us to use. All Keegan and I did is, is uh, you know, we're not saying anything in the film. We're just letting the camera roll and asking questions. That's all we're doing. Tool for all of us to use. And did you at any point get any threats, veiled or, or otherwise? No, well, you know, we, we, we haven't from the industry, even now, there's no, you know, which surprisingly even too, in all the Q&As and the, the articles that have come out, it's, you know, kind of some immature bashing of the film and, you know, coming up with these ridiculous 
other statistics and things. But no, it's been really overwhelmingly positive, and uh, you know, because it's really just the truth, and it's not even really us saying it. It's just us interviewing people. So if you want to bash something or whatever, talk to talk to the talk to the truth, talk to the facts. You know, address those. That's the important thing. And it's tough to, because when the truth is the truth, then, you know, what's there to say? So that's the thing. So it really is much more a matter of reporting or just letting those interviews roll. And it sounds like beyond what we do see on screen, that, that at least uh, some of those interviews will be able to see the full the full length in some, uh, in some capacity. Yes, absolutely. So what are you guys hoping that the film really accomplishes? I mean, when you set out to do this and then maybe even when you completed it, which may be two slightly different answers, what sort of outcomes uh, were, were you seeking? You know, we, we want to provide people with as much information as possible. People can't make informed decisions unless they have all the information. Um, and right now, the general population, and particularly people who are green conscious, you know, and environmentally conscious, aren't getting the full story of sustainability. So we want to provide the information, allow people to make up their own minds. And as Kip said, you know, we're not telling people what to do. You know, we're literally just providing information, allowing people to make up their own minds. And so the goal would be, yeah, educate and inform as many people on the planet as we can to start making, you know, radical changes towards living truly sustainably on this planet together. And what, uh, for you guys, because obviously there was a lot of research and, and preparation. In fact, even as you mentioned in the first part of the interview, that, that when you initially thought you were going to sort of train someone or hand off re- the sort of research and questions kept to, to someone else who was going to do what you ended up uh, doing. What, as you prepared and did your research, what were sort of the, the most kind of notable discoveries that you made uh, in that process? Well, one of the most shocking one that was really new to me, because I did quite a bit of research before, knew most of them. Um, Kiko was, was more familiar with this. For him, he'd probably say the ocean part uh, was more new to him. For me, it was the, the wildlife. The, what's happening to the wolves and the horses? I had, I really had no idea. And that one in particular, the wolves, that's really one that I, I gave money to Sierra Club, you know, many times, and I never even thought about it. I mean, even maybe you, know, maybe I you never could. About, may, sorry to interrupt. I'm just going to say yeah. maybe you could sort of elaborate more on what what you're referring to, just so right. folks listening so who what haven't I was seen referring it yet. To is what, you know, I never realized why the wolves are you know in such danger, and so to find out really when we got into it is that especially really grass-fed beef or free-range cattle that's being grown on public lands with a lot of our tax dollars being subsidized. It's pushing out all wildlife because, you know, the, the cows, some of them have 10 to 50 acres per cow. And, you, you know, when you drive around the West, you'll just see just thousands, endless miles of fences. And that's another thing that I never even looked at. Now, anytime I drive on the freeway, all I see are these fences that you just don't really look at. And it's basically blockading all other wildlife from a few cows on thousands and thousands of acres. And so what that does is it pushes out all wildlife, if there's a, a cougar or a coyote or a wolf that's killing some of these cattle, there'll be a rancher that says, hey, um, we need to eliminate this, this tribe, which happened in, in, in Washington. Just recently, I think it was Ohio, Idaho, where they had a contest where um, to, to kill as many predators, coyotes or wolves, I think in particular, as you can in 24 hours. And that was a contest. And then right now there's more wild horses in captivity than there are free on the range. And, and this is all due to, uh, to ranching. And I, I just didn't know the extent of what it's doing to species extinction and wildlife. It's just terrible. As eye-opening as, as the film is for those of us who see it, and, and again, might feel pretty well informed, uh, it sounds like you guys had a sort of parallel 
uh, even though they were slightly different things, a uh, sense of like, oh my God, I, I, this discovery sort of, uh, you know, really uh, blowing me away here. And, and as much as I felt steeped in it when I began, uh, it sounds like there was things like that that just really uh, bowled you over. Absolutely. I think that, you know, no matter how educated you, people think they may be on the subject, because I felt really well-informed. Um, but as we did more research, it was just so much worse than I thought. You know, I just had no idea the impacts, yeah, the animal agriculture was having on the oceans or or that 51% of all greenhouse gases potentially comes from animal agriculture. Uh, there's just so many figures and so so much information that's in this film that I think is pretty much guaranteed to shock anybody who sees it, no matter how educated they are on the subject. And, and if they are, also oh. I want to add, too, if they are educated, too, which most people may say, oh, I know 90%, what people really resonate with with the film all across the board and the people who are very educated is, is how we finish the film. It just finishes on such a positive, all the things that are happening right now, the transformation that's already happening at such a fast rate, the new companies coming up, the, the billionaires like Bill Gates, Biz Stone, they see futures. That's why they are billionaires. And they see the future in plant-based meats and in, in, in these things. And so people really like that. You know, a lot of people who are informed of this, it can be very depressing, but they like the film because it gives them new inspiration that, wow, this is happening and we're on the winning side and, uh, you know, things are really have, have taken a turn. So that's a, a really cool thing about the film. Like. Yeah, well, that's the thing. As you, do, uh, you say, it does end up on a very positive note with people like that and, and, and people like uh, Beyond Eggs and, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, these yeah. sort of plant-based uh, food products that are, it's not just, hey, well, here's the problem. Good luck to, to us all. There's like, hey, here's here's the beginnings of the solution and here's people who have actually been working on the solution for a while. And so so I guess as we sort of just have another minute or so maybe left, I, I'm wondering what your guys' level of optimism is um, having awesome. learned everything you've learned and, and uh, making this film. You know, I'm really optimistic. Optimistic. I think that, that we are moving down the right path um, for many different reasons. I think people are waking up. People are really hungry for information. Um, and then, <laughs> too, we, we don't have a choice. We have to make radical changes. You know, I, I think anyone who has their you know, ear to the pulse of what's going on with the planet, you, you've got to realize that the planet is in serious peril. Um, but we, we are making changes, and we encourage everybody just to go to our website, com, check out the facts, uh, check out the information, and just start exploring this issue for themselves. Yeah, and we should know, too, along those lines, that, that much like a properly sourced book, that there are links to information and, and uh, resources and stuff for the film uh, on the website for people who Absolutely. want to pursue more. And uh, let me just um, say that among our emails here, one says, uh, in the subject line, says, this is fascinating, great guest. Thank you for making this wake-up film. How are you feeling about the future of the sustainability movement? Are humans going to start paying attention more? Sort of very open-ended question, but maybe... Uh, yeah, I believe they, uh, it's, it's, it's a really great time. We live in ex super exciting times where we've entered this new era, really. Um, I mean, they call it the golden era, where it's just the enlightening, the wake-up stage has already happened, the tipping point has already happened, and you just see it everywhere. You need to see it with these vegetarian restaurants coming up, these new exciting businesses that, have, A, have been around, you know, um, but then the new ones to Beyond Meat, Beyond Egg. But then you see really the, the, the mainstream, you know, the mainstream investors, like I was saying, the billionaires that are putting their future into these types of uh, change because they see the future. And then everywhere you look, again, you just see, you just see the light turning on for everyone. Um, and I just see radical change happening really fast all for, or for this new, really, next step in evolution that's, that's happening now. So, and it's happening really, really fast. You can really see it. So I'm, 
really excited for the future now, really. Yeah. No, I mean, things are moving so fast that that is now. And, uh, and again, it sounds very, very hopeful, which is, uh, especially in light of everything you guys did and learned uh, in making this film, I mean, that's that's uh, really inspiring to hear. So uh, we've been uh, speaking with Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn. Their movie is Cowspiracy, The Sustainability Secret. Their website is cowspiracy.com. And, again, it's a screening here uh, in Brandon, September 25th. And you can go to floridavoicesforanimals.org for more information on that screening and how to get your tickets. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for making the time to join me on, on uh, Talking Animals this morning and getting up uh, extra early to do so. Really appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on the film. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thanks again. In a moment, chat briefly with Christy Williamson of Vita Day Cafe about their raw vegan classes and other things. Right now, let's step into the Talking Animals comedy corner. Picked out a piece partly with Cowspiracy in mind. This is Maria Bamford. Brief bit called Vegetarian Oscar Schindler on today's Comedy Corner, Talking Animals. I wish I could be a vegetarian, um, because I've seen all the horrible videos of those animals, you know, pigs lined up in front of their children and shot. That close, I haven't seen that, but I imagine that's what the, I could never watch those videos. It looks so scary. Um, But I would like to think that I'd be an Oscar Schindler in the face of a systematic genocide. But first they came for the ice cream cones, and I said nothing. Because I was not an ice cream cone. All right. That was Maria Bamford with a piece called Vegetarian Oscar Schindler found in her album Ask Me About My New God. Moving forward now, let's uh, speak with Christy Williamson from Vita Day Cafe. Let's welcome her now. Hi, Christy. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for joining us on Talking Animals. Thank you for having me. You bet. So let's start off first with what exactly is Vita Day Cafe? Uh, Well, we're a raw vegan restaurant and we're located in Paso Grill on St. Pete Beach. And actually this January will be celebrating five years of being open. Congrats. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And so what, what do we mean uh, exactly when we, we use the term raw or raw vegan? Um, so vegan is no animal products whatsoever. And then raw, um, best way I like to explain it, lots of people have different explanations, but I like it unprocessed, uncooked. We make everything ourselves. Um, nothing is processed basically or heated over a certain temperature so we use dehydrators and blenders and food processors to make all the food products and when you say over a certain temperature so it sounds like in some dishes there is we like to heat some of the food um to order because you know not everybody wants their food freezing cold but um given that the dehydrator is all we have we can't heat it very high and uh normally when we're processing something in the dehydrator it would be heated to about 115 degrees. Okay. So one of the reasons I want to talk to you today is I, I know you have another round of uh, raw vegan classes coming up, which we otherwise might call them cooking classes, but as we just established, there's not really cooking per se that's going uh, going on, but it is learning obviously how to how to prepare those meals. So maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, the, the classes coming up and the kind of things people would expect to, to learn. Sure. Um, we, I teach classes for people because this lifestyle is harder to live than a lot of other, you know, just vegan or vegetarian even. It's hard to make a lot of this stuff at home for yourselves. And um, I like to teach people 
easy, fast ways to do that. So our class um, this Sunday, I'm going to be teaching people how to make their own sushi rolls using um, like raw nori sheets, which is the seaweed that you would have at any sushi restaurant, and just how to roll your own sushi um, with different fillings, mostly raw veggies, some sauce recipes, and um, we're also going to do some rice paper wrap and um, some lettuce wraps with like teriyaki marinated vegetables. So it's just a way for people to learn other ways that are fast and easy to eat this way at home. Right, and, and to kind of also probably f- further demystify it. Yeah, and I, I like to give cooking tips and things on how to cut certain vegetables a certain way or keep them, that kind of stuff. And you do these classes uh, monthly approximately, right? Yeah, we try to do them every month. So the next one I think is uh, October 12th, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, and yeah. that one's going to be more of an Italian-based theme, so we'll be doing tomato sauces and pestos and lasagna. People could uh, go uh, to find out more about this and, and, and other things, too, including, uh, by the way, quickly let me just say you guys also do a, a, a sort of regular potluck, right, at the, at the place? Yes, and the potluck is, if you don't want to, you know, spend extra money on a class, you can come to the potluck, and we have a bunch of people that come, and everybody shares recipes, and you get to eat a bunch of different food, and just meet like-minded people that are trying to do the same thing that you are. So where uh, where can people go to find out more? A website and or a Facebook page? Yes, both. And what, what are those? The Facebook is just Be Today Cafe, and the website is www www.bidadaycafe, which is B-I-D-A-D-E-cafe.com. Perfect. Well, Christy, thanks so much for uh, joining us today on Talking Animals, and uh, those classes look good. And, and again, you know, already as you've established between the September class and the October class, kind of a nice range of, of stuff. And looking ahead a little bit, November looks like Christmas kale salad and some other things and quote-unquote turkey patties. So it's obviously geared for, for certain times of the year or certain holidays as well. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again and good luck to you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll be offering a uh, pass for a tour, Big Cat Rescue, as the prize in today's name, that animal tune. We'll get to that in just a moment here on Talking Animals. Right now, though, let's jump into some uh, animal news, or at least announcements, starting with folks from the Animal Coalition of Tampa letting us know that they uh, brought back their fix one, get one free deal. So that's basically if an animal surgery, uh, the first animal surgery is at regular price, spay or neuter, and then the second surgery of equal or lesser weight, meaning the animal obviously is, is uh, well, can't really say, but let's just say you can't, you can't beat the deal. Anyway, so, uh, but it's just uh, good through September, and only as appointments last, so you can call 813 250 39 or you can also go to actampa.org. Other things going on is um, Friends of Strays are uh, doing their uh, new promo, Black Cats Are the New Black, right? Of course. We mentioned before that we're very pro-black cat here, so it uh, gets uh, 50% off of whatever it would otherwise cost to uh, adopt a black cat or black kitten through the end of September. So uh, friendsofstrays.com for more information there. Looking ahead a little bit, got the blessing of the animals coming up October 2nd at the Franciscan Center. That's through 3010 North Perry Avenue in Tampa. It's going to get underway at 6 p.m. You can uh, email info at franciscancentertampa.org for more information. Also coming up, it's a pup crawl. Not pub, mind you. You heard me, pup. October 4th, under the auspices of Pet Pal Animal Shelter. And uh, again, October 4th, 5 to 8 p.m., going around to uh, World of Beer, Cafe Del Mar, The Kitchen at Janice, 
one night stand, the ale and the witch. It'll be a fun night and there'll be all kinds of stuff for your, your dog friend and other friends. So you can find out more about that by going to PetPelAnimalShelter.com. I think that's it for now. We'll come back to more stuff next week. So I am Duncan Strauss. You're listening to Talking Animals. Where the show website is TalkingAnimals.net. It's time to proceed to name that animal tune. This is a giveaway. You do not need to be a WNF member to win. Though we certainly encourage you to become one right now. Or certainly in our membership drive starting three weeks from today. There'll be a prize, a pass for a tour of Big Cat Rescue. The first person who calls 813-239-9663. And correctly identifies this animal song. Extra clue. This ever-changing band kicked off its tour last night in Albany, New York. So name that animal tune on Talking Animals. People are calling in. All right, let's see. Hi, you're on Talking Animals. Can you name that animal tune? Hey, how you doing? Hi, you're on Talking Animals. Can you name that animal tune? Uh, it's playing right now. I'm trying to. Oh, okay. So you called in, with, but, but you weren't sure when you called in? Well, no, I hadn't played it. Just oh, played oh, okay. It. You're getting I'm, a jump on. Okay, I'll give you one more sec. Otherwise, there's other people waiting here. Uh, go ahead. I, I missed. I was talking to you. Okay. Sorry. Next time. Hi, you're on uh, Talking Animals. Can you name that animal tune? Yes, it would be uh, Elephant Talk by King Crimson. Okay, right. And of course, they didn't play that last night because Adrian Blue is not in this version of the band. But you are correct, sir. What was your first name? Uh, it's Jr. Jr. Smith. Jr. Okay, cool. Well, congratulations. We'll uh, come back and get your information and get you that pass to uh, do a tour of Big Cat Rescue. So thanks right, for exactly. playing. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you. All right, folks. We do have a winner, and we have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. I'll be back next Wednesday, September 17th, with another edition. Meanwhile, hope you visit our website, talkinganimals.net, where we make available all sorts of information as well as archives and podcasts. Past Talking Animals programs over. 11 plus years time they're all there we also have a link to the Talking Animals Facebook page our Twitter feed more please like us on Facebook the show and or me personally and follow us on Twitter you can also subscribe to our e-newsletter to find out about our guests a couple days beforehand and other news from the Talking Animals world that's all found at TalkingAnimals.net I'm Duncan Strauss thanks very much for listening drop a few bucks in our tip jar today will you again the link is uh, on our Talking Animals Facebook page and my personal page just below the uh, latest post about this morning's show with the uh, guys from uh, Cowspiracy Kip and Keegan have a good week be kind to animals be kind to others be kind to yourself and this is WMNF Tampa Brandon Clearwater Largo Wikiwachi and beyond Community Conscious Radio thanks for listening speak again next Wednesday at 9am on Talking Animals Thanks.